Hello and welcome to Muppetsational, the Muppet Show podcast, hosted by three huge Muppet fans. Join us each week as we dive into an episode of Jim Henson's classic variety show, now finally available on Disney+. This week, it's season one, episode two, starring the beautiful and vivacious Connie Stevens. It's time to get things started on the chronological, explorational, conversational, Muppetsational! Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Muppet Stational. I'm Lewis. I'm Jade. And I'm Emma. And what a goddamn episode, like, fabulous episode this is. It was a complete delight from start to finish. I absolutely loved it. Getting a bit ahead of ourselves here, but yes, I loved it too. So, yay, I'm so glad you both did as well. I'll, like, yeah, I'll kick us off with some production info. So, this episode was originally broadcast on the 12th of February 1977. It was the 23rd episode shown in that original broadcast run. However, as you probably all know from our last episode, this was actually the first episode made. Its production code is number one. And for some unknown reason, Disney Plus now have it as episode two. Um, So as with the last episode as well, the writers were Jack Burns, Jim Henson and Jerry Jewell. And it was directed by Peter Harris. But yeah, just... Wow, I'm very excited to get into it. An incredible episode. And Connie Stevens is a pretty incredible woman as well, I have to say, having done a bit of research about her. Emma, I believe you've uh, got a few a few little tidbits for us. I have. Well, she was signed uh, to Paramount in 1957 for a seven-year contract. And obviously, so she was another studio starlet. And um, apparently she started off on $600 a week and then she got up to $1,000 a week. Go Connie. <laughs> Go Connie. I mean, not, not bad. Yeah, she was an actress, singer, dancer. She's been in loads of sort of studio films. She was on lots of TV shows like Murder, <laughs> She Wrote. Of course. It's where all the older Hollywood actors go to see. I know, right? And she also was married to Eddie Fisher. Right after Elizabeth Taylor. I know, and Debbie Reynolds. What a gal. <laughs> the only thing that did uh, bring me down from my Connie Stevens high was uh, I did discover she is quite a staunch Republican and has given thousands and thousands of dollars to the Republican Party, which is a shame. But, uh, you know, at the same time, my God, what a hoofer. <laughs> 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 um, I say this with the politest possible way. Was everybody completely unsure how old Connie Stephen yes. was I, throughout well, this Well, yeah, the bit episode. that I think was quite difficult, and I guess the audiences at the time would have known this far better than we did, but because that first time that we really saw her, she was singing the Teenager in Love song, which clearly she was too old for, but because she was doing that sort of silly, high-pitched, girly voice, immediately I was really like, I was like, what is Connie Stevens' star persona? Like, what are we working with here? But then when you got on and you obviously had the carpenters and everything, like, I was like, oh, I was like, this is, this is Connie Stevens. She was doing a bit before. I just could not tell because I do not know how to read this woman at this point. It was so throwing to see this, well, woman in her 40s, it turns out, coming out dressed as like a bobby sock <laughs> with like this this ponytail and the 50s poodle skirt. I mean, the ponytail had a life of its own. <laughs> it was everywhere. I was waiting for it to come to life like last week's boa yes. like a feather boa. 
<laughs> my god the feathered hair on that woman like <laughs> it was yeah it was just very throwing at the beginning to be like why is this adult woman yes. <laughs> dressed as a teenager <laughs> i was like i like she was even too old to be in the movie cast of greece and they're they're all in their 30s <laughs> and they all she was like, in greece too though I saw that. Oh, no. That's terrible. I hope she was wearing the exact same outfit. Emma, the only thing I remember about watching Grease 2 is that the only time I've seen it was with you. That's the only thing I remember about it. I don't really remember Grease 2. See, I don't even remember that, Jade. I must have, like, blocked it out. (laughs) That's probably for the best, to be honest. I don't even remember when that was. It was at your house. I don't remember when it was either, but I remember watching it at your house. That's all I remember about Grease 2. Yeah. I don't know. We're getting distracted. But anyway, Grease 2, not worth it. Uh, so. Oh, well, look, there's, there's Michelle Pfeiffer's there having fun. <laughs> uh, anyway, enough about Michelle Pfeiffer. We should start talking about Lydia, the tattooed lady. Yes. <laughs> wow. Emma, do you remember the song Lydia, the tattooed lady being on that tape that Grandad used to have of like these like strange, funny songs that he used to play when we were in the car. <laughs> like it had Lydia the Tattooed Lady, it had um, The Laughing Policeman, and When I'm Cleaning Windows. Was it a tape or a CD? I'm assuming it was a tape. No, it would have been a tape. I Do you know what? It's really weird. I I did wonder why I recognised the song, like subconsciously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, as soon as it started playing, I was like, oh my God, it's the song from Grandad's tape. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It was, um, I had to look it up because I didn't particularly recognise it, but it was Groucho Marx's, like, it became one of his staples. It was originally in a Marx Brothers film, and then it became something that he performed over the years. But also, it was one of Jim Henson's favourite songs, and Elmo actually performed it at Jim Henson's memorial, which is just, like, kind of insane that this song was performed by Elmo at Jim Henson's memorial. Like, wow. Obviously really, really did love it. Did anybody else also think that Lydia herself looked a bit like Kathy Burke's character from Gimme, Gimme, Gimme? <laughs> she looked like Linda oh God, yes. Because she had like the bright orange yes. hair and these sort of horn-rimmed glasses. <laughs> and it's just like, it's like a puppet Linda LaHue. She was amazing. She was such a cool puppet. The way that they were moving her with like the belly dancing and then what can yeah. only be described as twerking. I don't know what else that could be described as. Could you call it a whop? It's a wet ass pig. <laughs> <laughs> I felt uncomfortable saying it, but it came to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, Lewis. We're only like a few minutes in and we're already <laughs> calling. <laughs> That's it. No, it's fine. I mean, Connie Stevens brought the source level. It's her fault that I'm so riled it's up. It's true. She, <laughs> she, did, just... she definitely did. And well, and kicking off with Lydia, there were fireworks between her and Kermit. Piggy was not impressed when they were coming off stage. I've got to say, this is the first time this week where all of the sort of backstage business really clicked in for yeah. me like the runner was all to do with just muppets we know and recognize and it was all about their sort of interplay mm-hmm. and relationships together and i felt it it makes sense that if this was the second episode produced that they would do that well no it was it was the first episode produced so they did you know from their very first inception they did that it was there and then it's actually bizarre yeah. to me that in future episodes you actually don't have as much of that. From what I've read in the biography, 
these first two episodes, so Juliet Prowse and Connie Stevens, these were the two episodes that they sent round to all of the networks to to get the syndication. So they knew this one was amazing. Uh, so they, you know, they, yeah. they, I think this was the one that they obviously were kind of banking on everyone falling in love with and and buying the show. I loved it. The runner, the like, yes, this was the first runner that I was totally happy every time it turned up. I thought it was really genuinely very funny. I just really enjoyed it from start to finish. And mm. I feel like, why isn't this number one? Like, just make this the first episode. Bizarre that you put Juliet Prowse before Connie Stevens. And Connie Stevens was number one. It's number one production code. So what? Disney, what are you doing? I don't understand. Incredibly confusing. Emma, can you remember, is this the first time in the episodes that we've watched so far that we see Kermit actually perform on stage? Um, I think it is. Yeah, because I couldn't remember having seen him sing I yet. think anything else he's done has either been with the host or backstage. But this is the first time yeah. he sort of had his own specific number which again was really nice and kind of again yeah. makes sense because it's the first episode. So why isn't it being treated as the first episode? I know it's it's really strong and it kind of just shows off everything. And yeah, like you say, I don't know why it's not either, to be honest, because it, it's kind of got everything in there, really. And like even things like, you know, Hilda gets mentioned by name. So we understand who that old Muppet lady is. Yes. Like <laughs> We understand who, what, what Hilda's name is. And <laughs> we get a bit of her, I guess it's not real backstory, but we understand her relationship to the other Muppets. Well, she's the costume mistress. Is that made explicit? Well, I took it as subtext, having been <coughs> working in the theatre. I, if uh, if Gonzo was coming <laughs> asking for uh, Hilda to sew his teddy bear, then I assume she was costume mistress. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, this might not make sense, but I felt like even Gonzo looked a little bit less busted this week. There was something weird. Uh, this was the first time I felt like we'd seen Gonzo in a bit more close up and his nose looked terrible. Uh, I just thought his eyes looked a bit less weird. <laughs> yeah, his eyes might have been a bit less weird, but his nose was really weird. I don't even know if it was... I mean, I guess they've obviously completely changed the sort of finish on it mm. over the years, but it was really kind of knobbly and I don't know. Again, it looked like he'd been in a fight or fallen down some stairs or something, I thought. <laughs> like it was just all like knocked about. And, and his teddy bear yeah. as well. It, that teddy bear looked sick. <laughs> like it like sickly. <laughs> <laughs> but it was very cute though just having gonzo holding his little equally busted teddy bear i my immediately was just sort of like Ooh, <laughs> gonzo something else to me that really kind of struck that this was the first episode and again made me question why it wasn't broadcast or at least been put on disney plus as the first episode was Swedish Chef making Swedish meatballs. The Swedish you know, meatballs! <laughs> the ideal way to introduce the Swedish Chef is making his national favourite dish, surely. <laughs> Not flapperjackers. Right? Or <laughs> donuts, Or whatever else we've seen him make already. So I was really pleased when he was making Swedish meatballs and I thought it was really funny and well done that they made that boing noise and yeah. then to play tennis with Statler and Wardorf and have the 15 love call and everything. It was the perfect escalation. Yes, it was. And it also didn't go on. Well, not that Swedish chef ever usually goes on too long, but you know, it was sort of short and sweet as well at the same time, I thought. And no firearms this week. I was going to say it was quite, it was quite nice not to see him shoot something this week. <laughs> 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 the racket was all he needed. Maybe they had to keep the gun out because they knew they had the Republican Connie Stevens there and she'd asked to get, get, get a gun as well and be able to shoot the meatballs as well. 
this was a good use of Statler and Waldorf as well, I thought. Yeah, sharp enough zingers and comebacks, but yeah, nothing that got too sort of absurd too quick. It was, um, yes, just, I know we keep saying it, but just all round, the whole ep, basically, just lovely. And again, as you said, we go into an introduction of Wayne and Wanda. Mm. So we understand who Wayne and Wanda are. <laughs> and it's like, oh, they are two performers who keep wanting to get on stage. And uh, then they're bad-mouthing Connie Stevens. Connie Stevens also getting, again, I don't know if this is now going to be a weekly thing as well. Star comes out of dressing room, audience applauds, and you get to do a little pause. <laughs> Just like, again, a dream. Just like, yes, it's me. I'm <laughs> here. And I'm dressed like <laughs> Sandra D. Well, along with Connie, we also get uh, introduced to the uh, mutations before she does her big number. I don't know how uh, you feel about them, because I know, Lou, you said in the previous episodes we've seen that you were slightly disturbed by the uh, Muppet men. So <laughs> These didn't alarm me too much because they had oversized heads and oversized hands. I think the thing that really struck me about Rita Moreno, Muppet Man, was that his head was basically human-sized, just maybe like 5 to 10% wider. Whereas these, because they just sort of have enormous fuzzy whatevers, they look like they look like the honey monster. Do you know what I mean? That was okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. I didn't mind them so much. They're the same Muppets that dance with Sandy Duncan in the biker bar. But obviously we hadn't been introduced to them as the mutations at that point. Ooh. I guess, it, like, again, I suppose it kind of makes sense that they're playing on Sandy Duncan being this very petite, slender woman. Connie Stevens, especially in this, being a teenager. Emma is like going to resist cackling from that. I knew Emma would love seeing it has such a like Jenna Maroney energy to it. Like I can play twenty (laughs) one. Emma, please tell me what you've thought of Teenager in Love. I just need to hear Emma's judgment on Teenager in Love. Well, where do we start? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was kind of a bit crazy, and I mean, oh, I mean, she's got her poodle skirt on. She's got her cardigan. Yeah, it's like a 50s kind of fever dream, to be honest. That's what I'm going to say about that number. And then the fact that you've got the mutations in the background. Then they're kind of vying for attention as the song gets near the end to like get the audience's approval. Yeah, it was kind of very bizarre. Like you say, it was kind of very Jenna Maroney-esque, like very confusing. Like <laughs> what age is Connie Stevens? Like what is going on? <laughs> Yeah, I I mean, I don't know how you guys felt. (laughs) Do we think Connie Stevens has a good voice? (laughs) I think she she can sing. I mean, I don't know if it's like (laughs) the strongest voice that we've heard thus far on the Muppets or anything. But I think she's... It wasn't unpleasant to hear her singing, I don't think. I suppose the other thing there is, though, is that actually, you know, with last week's episode with Juliette Prowse, we were complaining that it was all quite po-faced and she didn't she didn't seem to get that much time playing with the Muppets. Whereas this week, I felt like Connie really leaned into the comedy. Oh, she played with the Muppets. Yeah. <laughs> like she, 
She couldn't keep her damn hands off those puppets. <laughs> Put it away, Connie. <laughs> but even in this one with the, you know, when the mutations were trying to purposefully block her from view and she was sort of careening her neck to get into shot and sort of giving as good as she was getting back to them. I, yeah. I feel like there was... <gasps> oh, oh my God, her, her spin back <gasps> in at the end. Yes. Of the <laughs> I was like, Where, where's Connie gone? I don't understand what's going on. And then she just spins back in. It's like, ta-da! Kapow! <laughs> So like it was like Jenna Maroney meets Bonnie Langford kind of energy. Do you know what I mean? Just sort of like star. It's me. I'm back. Did you miss me? Oh god. I suppose it was Jenna Maroney, but it was also kind of knowingly. There definitely was an element of knowingness to her playing with wanting to be seen and not being blocked out by these big furry monsters and then they obviously were playing up the incongruity between her as this teenager then with the big Muppet men but then also the fact that she is Connie Stevenson she's a 40 year old woman so I think there was there were layers there was a lot going (laughs) on there I just sort of felt and I don't know if you felt the same Lou it was like it felt very Hollywood starlet. You know, when they hit like a certain age and they don't really know what to do and the studio doesn't know what to do with them and they kind of try and dress them young or they take them back to a place where they were like really big. Like, because obviously she was saying she wanted to do her song from the 50s and we're now in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And obviously yeah. the 50s were her sort of like heyday. It was camp, like in all caps camp. Like, just... Yeah, but I think very knowingly so, wasn't it? I mean, it oh, wasn't... For sure. yeah. oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. It wasn't like, like accidentally camp. It was like, no, we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to no, go for it. A... Yeah, and Emma, you're so right. That kind of like, well, I was in my 20s in 1954 and now it's 1976. I'm going to do a number that takes it back. And just like every pose and mannerism and just... It was gold. It was ridiculous, <laughs> but it was absolute gold. God lover. And here's something. I don't know if I was just like buoyed up by the camp energy that came from this, but I even enjoyed the ballroom sketch. I don't know if I enjoyed it, but as with last week, it was very short and I appreciated the shortness of it. But you had like the, like <laughs> Dr. Teeth just doing his little thing that set up the rats. Love seeing the rats. And then you have Animal just like throwing his partner down onto the floor. <laughs> a dip or whatever he says. <laughs> and then there's just one more at the end that I couldn't really remember. It was some sort of like weird mink or whatever. It was a foxtrot joke. Oh. It, was, it was, she was like, we're not doing the foxtrot. And then he turned around and he was a fox. So... <laughs> I it was the first maybe I was just high off of Connie Stevens hairspray <laughs> like but, <laughs> but I really enjoyed the ballroom sketch this week I, I I'm as surprised as you are but I liked it Emma did you like this one I did I thought it was quite funny um with the kind of the rats and animal and the fox and the foxtrot and like Jade said I appreciated that it was short and sweet So yes, no, it was definitely an improvement to what we've seen before. Moving on along to the UK spot, which was Floyd, Zoot and Janice. So the electric mayhem minus animal playing Ain't Misbehaving, which I I feel like, again, this was probably one of my favourite UK spots so far, just because it was just them playing the song. Like there wasn't any kind of funny business. Lewis, you mentioned last week about how they normally do a bit of patter and chatter that's actually usually longer than the song like obviously there wasn't any of that we just had the three of them playing the song Mm. yeah it was just quite a nice little uk spot i thought i I agree 
I liked, like, I was really taken in by it. It actually made me really appreciate the puppetry. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. I thought, even, like, the way that um, Floyd, like, the way his head would curve around the mic and sort of, like, mm-hmm. in the way that you're familiar with, it looked very top of the pops. Do you know what I mean? Like, 70s yeah, top of the did. pops. But even, like, you know, um, Zoot with his saxophone, although I will come back to Zoot later. I have words to say about Zoot. But for, yeah, it just, it all was just really mesmerizing. And I just really kind of enjoyed it. And I also really like the song. Lots of like classic standards in this episode. I was thinking about that. And I feel like, I guess, again, it's episode one. So I suppose they maybe went all in on going for some big hitting songs that people would recognize and really enjoy because. They were using it to get syndicated, but also, like, why not? Why not go all out on your first episode? Like, you know, and it worked. The next thing that comes up is the, uh, the talk spot with Kermit and Connie, which I have to say was quite cute. Uh, cute? Well, it started off cute. Let's just say that. <laughs> and, you know, she started singing to him close to you. Then Fozzie comes in and he's like, oh, no, no, Fozzie wants a bit of this. <laughs> he starts to join in. And then she starts singing to Kermit and Fozzie. It's just a crazy kind of like... It's just your classic 70s menage a trois, don't you know? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Look, the energy that Connie Stevens is bringing in this, it's just like, you know, it's just... I mean, the strokes of Kermit started like, you know, cutesy and then they started getting handsy. And then Fozzie came in, who's obviously trying to like keep himself on the show because he's worried that people don't like him anymore from the runner of uh, thinking that nobody likes the bear. So he's like, right, I'll get in this number. That'll do it. And I wondered if he was going to throw it off. But instead, Connie was more than accepting to let a second Muppet come in. And she was full on groping Fuzzy Bear. And then she got her arms around both of them. <laughs> it was, uh, I just, I was just sort of sitting there with this smile on my face being like, what is happening? <laughs> it, uh, yeah, I feel like the mood was set immediately in the piece because I don't know if you both noticed, but Kermit crosses his legs right as it starts and it felt very sort of intimate and very like, oh, Kermit's getting comfy and cosy here. And then as she started singing, and but before Fozzie came in, Kermit had started to sort of shimmy over to her to slide over and then he immediately stops when Fozzie turns up. I mean, it's a brilliant bit of puppeteering and blocking and the timing on it is is absolutely fantastic. And I loved when Fozzie was ducking and diving to try and get in between them and get round the back of them and then come back round the other side. And it was a really, really great mix of comedy, genuinely funny comedy, and then this very kind of sultry performance of Close to You <laughs> by Connie Stevens to the frog and the bear. Yeah. Fozzie had some really great like background comedy business, mm. like both in this and actually uh, just to go back to the introduction of the runner about the bear, when yeah. you see him on the upper balcony hearing Gonzo and Kermit talk and he just has this like <laughs> wide opened mouth horror at believing he's being talked about and oh, Peter and I just couldn't stop laughing at it. But yeah, this song suited Connie Stevens's voice much better once she got into it. Uh, the beginning where she was like, why do <laughs> I see I actually at one point when we started listening to the beginning I was like is she singing the right words or is are they singing a slightly different version because they didn't get the permission <laughs> to sing it and then obviously it launched into the version that we know but it was honest I did honestly think that I mean I don't know if that was just me and I've misheard the lyrics over the years but 
I honestly felt that was what was happening to begin with until it obviously got into the song. You thought they were doing a sound alike version <laughs> yeah. of the Carpenters. They were doing they were doing the handyman's version. Yeah, like you you know when you have like them in shopping malls or like in a shop where they're playing you think it's a song and then you actually listen to it and you realise it's completely <laughs> different lyrics. <laughs> I think I think that was just it not being Karen Carpenter's luscious voice on the opening, Emma. I think that was it just threw you. You're just used to hearing her dulcet tones and it was Connie Stevens singing to a frog, you know? Like, Yeah. You got Connie Stevens is, uh, singing to a frog with her reedy <laughs> vocals. Uh, uh, frog. Reed. Yes, Lewis. Frogs live in reed. <laughs> no? Okay, fine. So, <laughs> she was saucy. She was saucy. And I also really appreciated her silk blouse as well, which also added to the kind of bedroom feel of it all. Like it did sort of feel like she <laughs> yeah. just like rolled out of bed and gone, good morning, Kermit. Now I'm going to sing to you. <laughs> <laughs> all that was a bit like, I was surprised there wasn't even like some Vaseline on the lens. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Just to give it <laughs> that clean, sort of, sort of gauzy, gauzy <laughs> hue. <laughs> It was, yeah, it was a lot of fun, but it was at the same time just, just somewhat alarming. But you know what? It was it was just a sign that Connie was up. Well, she was up for it. Like, she was... She was up for it. She was definitely up for it. Do you know what I did also really appreciate was the Statler and Waldorf button yes! at the end of it, where it was like, I'd like to get close to Connie Stevens. And then it was like, the thing stopping him. Oh, no, he was like, um, uh, but I'm close to something else yes. instead. Yeah. Ninety. Yeah. And I was like, finally, an age-appropriate response here, rather than like, here's a young girl I'm going to go follow out of my box. It's like, no, stay there. <laughs> stay there, Waldorf. I mean, at that point, I was still wondering how old Connie Stevens was. And I was like, well, maybe, actually. <laughs> like, you might not have much to worry about. <laughs> no, oh, still double she, her yeah, age. Certainly living up to the, uh, the vivacious uh, term that Kermit used to describe her at the opening. Now, I got briefly confused uh, in the bit that followed because I wondered whether this was actually going to be the UK spot. I couldn't decide whether it was this or Ain't Misbehaving. The business with Zoot and his saxophone. No, I loved this. I think this was my favourite part of the episode. It was, well, I had already figured that Ain't Misbehaving was the UK spot because it was just simply a song. But... They couldn't have cut this. Do you really think they might have cut this? No, I don't. I just couldn't work out which it might be. Now, I'm going to posit a theory. (laughs) Did anybody else from Zoot in this sketch get extreme Ryan Reynolds in La La Land energy? Specifically, the part where he has to join John Legend's jazz band and he has to play like the electric piano thing because the whole like sunglasses on the sort of you know I'm too good for this energy it just reminded me so much of the bit where like he has to do the um photo shoot and he's playing the piano and the photographer's telling him like oh just you know bite your upper lip and it was just, <laughs> just the way he was like so angry to be doing this he was like every douchebag musician you've ever met who wants to talk to you about jazz <laughs> And I was glad when Manamana turned up and started, like, making fun of him, basically. <laughs> I'm just going to do a quick uh, fluff it for you there, Lewis. Ryan Gosling, not Ryan Reynolds. Oh, sh- damn. <laughs> there you go. Caught that one. <laughs> I knew it was Ryan Gosling. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're right. It was totally that. It was totally, like, 
how dare you make me play this bit of music? Like I am, I am way above this. And when he Charlie Parker, forgive me. Yeah. I was like, oh, shut up, Zoot! <laughs> like you're a muppet. Like you're not better than this. <laughs> no, but I love how seriously the Electric Mayhem take their music. Like I think it it adds to the humor of them because they're these insane, crazy muppets. But they think they are like these absolutely legendary performers. It just it's the same as it's. You know, it's Piggy. It's Piggy thinking she's a fashion model. Like, they think they're Charlie Parker. I suppose I relate far more to a Miss Piggy who is like, no, I am a star, I just haven't got there yet, than a musician who isn't respected. (laughs) I don't want your respect, I want your adulation, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) But I was very happy to see Manamana pop up so quickly again. I didn't expect that at all. Although he didn't get to Manamana. No, he didn't get to Manamana, but he did get to hit the bell quite a few times, which I really, really enjoyed. It was a, just a really lovely escalation of the kind of comedy. And again, him trying to nuzzle in to see the music and get in Zoot's way and their interactions were really, really good fun. And then I had a lot of fun with it. I really, really enjoyed it. I did like it too. I just didn't like Zoot's energy. <laughs> <laughs> Emma, what did you think about Zoot's energy? Do you also find him a bit pretentious like Lewis? Um, I mean, he's a Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, just just take it as a Muppet. It's fine. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry I'm, not, I'm taking this uh, piece <laughs> so seriously. How dare I? Somebody who was taking his work seriously was Gonzo, (laughs) who was playing, what was it on the violin? I believe it was the 1812 Overture. While a tomato plant grew. Yes. Now, this was not explicitly clear when it finished that the reason it was ending was that the tomato plant had grown too much. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, not at we, all. Because we didn't get a clear shot of him on stage with the tomato plant growing, right? No. I, I didn't know, unless I was sort of writing notes at that point. As soon as he said what he was going to do, it cut backstage to Kermit, who said, this isn't going to last long, one single beat, and it's already over. And Gonzo rushes off the stage with the tomato plant that has then grown, but it's not kind of made explicitly clear that the plant is gonna start attacking people basically yeah it's yeah. all it, it, does it attack hilda a little bit but i could also work out from that where the gonzo had just like stormed hilda <laughs> like, <laughs> is he just, as he like ran off stage i expected it to be something like the audience were gonna have a bunch of tomatoes that they were gonna throw at him like i thought that was what the sort of button was gonna be but um yeah, that was a bit of a random one. I like what it brings for the last bit of the episode. but um... I enjoyed it, not least because in this... So last week, Kermit introduced Gonzo as their resident artist. This week, he introduced him... He introduced him as their resident weird person, <laughs> which I feel like, again, is getting closer to the Gonzo that we know and love, but also establishes him still very much in that sort of performance art world of yes he's just a bit weird we don't really know what to do with him but here he goes he's gonna play his violin and the tomato plant's gonna grow a whole load but then we got our basically second special guest of the week it was Bert and Ernie Ernie and Bert as they were introduced so strange that's like calling them decanant do you know what I mean it's like <laughs> what is happening it was so nice to see them it was but the other thing I found really funny was that you'd literally just had the scene with Kermit and Fozzie so you had Jim and Frank doing Kermit and Fozzie 
and then you had the tiny Muppet news flash, and then you went to Ernie and Bert as they were introduced, and immediately again you had Jim and Frank, and their voices were basically the same. Yeah, so I noticed like, that as well. Like, this is, you know, this is not ideal from a kind of character development point of view. You're like, oh, Kermit and Fozzie look a bit strange, but it was lovely to see them. I'm just. I'm just poking holes, but yeah, it was it was so nice to see. I them. felt Ernie was being quite mean to Bert, <laughs> like more so than I remember him being. I don't know if they'd softened by the time we got to watching Sesame mm-hmm. Street, but I found Ernie a bit too harsh on Bert. Particularly, Bert was so happy when he came back on wearing his full like top hat and tails and cane <laughs> and then we went straight into a number with connie stevens atop a spiral staircase in a 1970s curtain i especially loved all the like fan wind machine fan work in this number <laughs> everything looks better when you have a wind fan mariah carey knows it beyonce knows it connie steven knows it it just works <laughs> <laughs> Although I loved as much as as strong as those wind fans were, and they were certainly moving like the very flowy blousy gown. That feathered hair wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> like that was like set. <laughs> like that was some hefty hair. Now, weekly question for every female female guest. Do we think that was a wig? Or do we think that was her? I hair? wondered that too. <laughs> I think it might have been a wig. There just seemed to be so much of it. It was just, it was dense. Like, it really was you could like... Get, like... You could get lost in the hair. <laughs> I think it was fully real. I think it was like Farrah Fawcett Major's, like, thick hair. I think I think it was legit. I, at the beginning, I did have that wonder of, like, is this like a Barbara Windsor situation where you don't know where the fake hair begins and then the, like, bouffant piece <laughs> begins. But I think it was all our own hair. It was just, like, L-netted in place and just... <laughs> Thick. It had just been backcombed to high heaven underneath so that it just stayed exactly yeah. where it was supposed to. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it could go either way, but it was it was very impressive. And she was throwing herself at Bert. She was. Committed, again, fully committed, but God, she was getting her hands on those Muppets. The level of commitment, especially in this one, was really, really impressive, I thought, because she didn't break at all. She didn't give... There was no sly wink to camera. There was no kind of little smirk or anything. She was playing a full-on, glamorous, old-school Hollywood star. You know, that set was probably kind of like an RKO musical I would think, yeah, Bugs... Bugs... Bugsy... Bugsy... (laughs) I'm having an aneurysm. (laughs) Bubsy Berkeley, Bugsy Berkeley, Bushby, Busby it? Berkeley. That's it. That's the one. Busby Berkeley. Is that it? Busby Berkeley. Emma, you said Bushby, which isn't a lot better. <laughs> it was a Bubsy. Bubsy. Oh my god. <laughs> Go on, say it one more time, Jay. Say it to me, and I'll say it back. It's Busby, Busby. Berkeley, right? Thank you. but it was a busby berkeley set yeah like i mean all it was missing was like 30 dancing girls just sort of like standing there like a zigfield folly and some real fans yeah exactly yeah like some ostrich feather fans but she got herself up and down those stairs at a nice like lick she got there for the final beat and everything and yeah you're right the joy came from the fact that she was so committed and it wasn't even a joke of like i am faux committed to like oh look i'm overdoing how committed i am it was just like I am committed, and how hilarious is that that it turns out to be Bert from Sesame Street? And he's moving really stiffly and being Bert-sy awkward. Bert. 
Bur- and being Bertsy Berkeley. Yeah, being Bertsy Berkeley. And yeah, and she she's just like, la 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 la, this is this is my starring number and here I am. I feel like again, you know, last week we were talking about what we kind of expect from the Muppets. Well, this whole episode is to me what we expect from the Muppets, but again, this sort of this kind of sketch where you've got someone taking it very, very seriously. But in order to have a comedic effect, that's what really works. Whereas last week we had someone taking it very, very seriously, but that was it. Juliet Prowse's yeah. very beautiful dancing. It was just beautiful dancing. Whereas this was very beautiful dancing with Bert, which <laughs> is just <laughs> inherently funny in and of itself. And then Ernie came in and sort of like dented his confidence. It's like it's he was gaslighting Bert, basically. Like <laughs> Where's Angela Lansbury? Somebody's being gaslighted. (laughs) (laughs) I did find it funny when Bert was like, take me home. It was like, I can't deal with this Muppet chaos. I just need some Sesame Street. I I need to be back on in a morning scenario. I can't be here in this early evening kind of performance scenario. Now, are you both super jealous that not only Juliet Prowse has a Muppet, but Connie Stevens has a Muppet? And not only does Connie Stevens have a Muppet of herself... But it almost looks like a Dolly Parton Muppet, which makes it even more amazing, in my opinion. That is like, exactly And it had the little rainbows and the sparkles and the pink. What a what a delightful thing to have. I assume she still has it. I will. I want it if she doesn't have it. I, I will buy it. I believe Connie Stevens was still alive. When I, when, yes. <laughs> when I looked it up, I was like, good for you, Connie Stevens. <laughs> but yeah, do you think she had that pink outfit already and they had to say like, this is what I'm going to be wearing for the finale outfit. And then they make the Muppet. I assume they must have. I yeah. assume it must have been that way round where they went, choose an outfit that you want to wear or choose an outfit that you would like a Muppet made wearing. And then we'll do that. And you can wear that outfit for the finale. So you both match one another. I felt less alarmed this week about the concept of the uh, <laughs> Muppet version of the guest. Now that I was familiar with it being a, a thing that they gift them i was less alarmed by like so (laughs) like who's gonna leave with their clone muppet and now i'm like fine whatever i don't care the one thing that i thought was quite interesting though especially following on from your slight mental breakdown last week over the double juliet prouses was the muppet connie stevens said she couldn't sing or dance so i'm like so what's her special skill then what she what can she do if muppet connie stevens can't sing or dance like what does she do? I hope Muppet Connie Stevens can make drinks. <laughs> I hope she's a good host. <laughs> or she can basically just be Connie Stevens stand-in when she goes to do like Murder, She Wrote or something. <laughs> she can just be her block in the scene. <laughs> do the reverse shots, yeah, yeah, when they're looking at Angela Lansbury instead. <laughs> okay, bring in Muppet Connie Stevens and she'll just stand there. I didn't do it, Jessica, I swear. I'm just a Dixie singer from, you know, Old West. Doodly doodly do. <laughs> just... <laughs> Oh, this episode was a camp joy. I really liked it. It was so much fun. Um, Emma, who was your MVMP for the week? I'm going to have to say Fozzy. And I think purely because this, like you say, this is the first runner that's actually been enjoyable, funny. We've had really good character development. And I think out of all the things that we've seen of Fozzie so far, this has been like the most enjoyable. Some of his earlier bits, especially like when we saw him in the Juliet Prowse episode of his kid Fozzie, like that was just terrible. 
disturbing. That was disturbing. Yeah. Whereas in this episode, I just thought he really stood out and he was kind of like pure fuzzy. And his, like you said earlier, Lou, his reactions in the different bits and skits. So yeah, I think for this episode, it's going to have to be Fozzy Bear for my MVMP. How about you, Jade? So I went with Lydia because I thought that the puppetry of Lydia was fantastic. I loved the very, very fun, coy energy that she brought. And also because I found out that all of the tattoos that were on her were all drawn by Jim Henson. And I thought that was just a super cool little detail that I just really, really appreciated. We've spoken before in previous weeks about how the opening has set the tone. And in a way, I feel like this opening did totally set the tone. And it set the tone for a great episode. So I felt like Lydia, Lydia brought it. And I know we're not really going to see her an awful lot more because she obviously has served her purpose. But I'm very glad that that Muppet exists and that she got to do her little dance to Kermit's song. And also, you know, she riled Miss Piggy up, which is always good fun to see Miss Piggy giving Kermit what for when he's stepping out of line. Lewis, how about you? Uh, My most valued Muppet performer this week is actually going to be Kermit because I felt like it was the first time we got to have a fully rounded, like, fully rounded Mm -hmm. Kermit. So not only is he the sort of put upon leader, slightly frantic and slightly stressed, he's the host, but he also got to perform this week. He got to sing and he got to do a number and have fun doing it. And it was just nice to see him being able to perform like that. But also just, as I said, near the beginning, the amount of interplay between these familiar Muppets where we're getting their relationships established and getting to know how they interact with one another. And actually Kermit's the linchpin of that. So this week... I'm going to give it to Kermit. It was the first time I felt like we got the complete Kermit. And I, it was really lovely to see in an absolute gem of an episode. Emma, what is your rating for this week? I think I'm going to say nine out of ten wind machines. <gasps> Whoa! Wind machine. A wind machine makes everything better. Like every number. Every time you're on stage, you need a wind machine. <laughs> I just thought it was the best i think it's been the best we've seen so far in terms of like strong content and it's not just like the guest star carrying the show actually all of the kind of sketches and songs and interactions and characters are just really strong and from the outset to the end i just think it's a really really good episode so yeah i'm gonna give it nine out of ten this week yeah i mean i I completely agree. I think it is definitely the best episode we've seen so far. I think I'm going to go with eight and a half tomato plants out of ten because I I still think in a way there's probably room for improvement just because this was the first episode that they ever, ever made. And I know that there's some enormous guest stars coming up in later seasons and I'm really... I suppose, especially when maybe the Muppets have developed their characters are a bit more and are a bit more settled in. Like, I suppose there's the potential that, again, I don't want to be throwing around nines and tens too early. We're still in the early days here. But yeah, I, I loved it from start to finish. I think the the only two sketches that I was like a little bit, just a bit like, oh, I could do without these were the Dancing Muppets and Newsflash. But they were both so short that they didn't impact my overall enjoyment of it. And it was just a really, really great episode. And I think Connie Stevens was a consummate, amazing host, clearly game for everything and also just got totally involved and gave it her all. And 
yeah, it was just amazing. And knowing that this was one of the episodes that people watched to greenlight them picking up the Muppets and putting it into syndication, like, it totally makes sense. I would buy this show in a heartbeat. It's just perfect family fun, you know, just absolutely loved it. Lewis, what what are you going with? Well, I was going to say, Jade, we have bought it. We're paying fifty four ninety nine a year <laughs> for true. access to That's it. So they won. <laughs> I am going to... I was almost going to put it at eight and a half as well. But I think I'm going to put it at eight Connie Stevens Bobby Soccer ponytails <laughs> out of ten. I'm going to put it on the same level as Rita mm-hmm. Moreno. Basically with your logic as well, thinking like, because we sort of assumed, oh, there's a long way we can fall. (laughs) But we didn't actually think, oh, it could amazing better and better. Yeah. So I'm going to put it at the same level as Rita Moreno's episode, because there were a couple of bits that didn't quite work, but they were so small. But yeah, commitment of the host, host getting to have fun. All of the Muppets are working. The backstage stuff really works. It's just a really, really solid, funny, engaging episode that at no point did I sort of feel like, oh, I'm just sort of going through the motions a little bit, just to, you know, but I'm enjoying this overall. It's like, this is just a great slice of 26 minutes of fun. Yeah, so eight (laughs) Connie Stevens, Bobby Soccer, ponytails out of 10. (laughs) Jade, hit us with a little Muppet philosophy. So this is taken from Jim Henson, the biography by Brian J. Jones. I don't resent the long work time. I shouldn't. I'm the one who set my life up this way, but I love to work. It's the thing that I get the most satisfaction out of and probably what I do best. Not that I don't enjoy days off. I love vacations and loafing around, but I think much of the world has the wrong idea about working. It's one of the good things in life. The feeling of accomplishment is more real and satisfying than finishing a good meal or looking at one's accumulated wealth. Well, that's lovely for Jim Henson, but I'd like to see him do a 10-hour Saturday shift at a cocktail bar when you have to wear a mask. Okay, everybody, <laughs> thank you so much for listening to Muppet Sational. <laughs> if you enjoyed the episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review as it really helps spread the word about the podcast. You can follow us on social media. We are at Muppet Sational on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. You can contact us at hi-ho at muppetspodcast.com and you can find out more about us and the podcast at muppetspodcast.com what a joy of an episode thank you so much for listening to us uh from me lewis chandler goodbye from me jade turner bye and from me emma chandler bye thank you and we shall see you next week on another episode of muppet sational music is Peppy Pepe by Kevin McLeod and our artwork is designed by Charlotte Rudge who you can follow at at charlie underscore r underscore rudge on Instagram. 